So welcome to our Heart for the House Sunday. This is a, a special Sunday. We haven't had a Heart for the House Sunday for probably a couple of a couple of years, I think. Um, it just felt like at the end of the uh, sorry, the beginning of this year that the, the Holy Spirit just laid it on my heart to uh, again uh, look at some areas that we as a church have uh, can display uh, the, the giving of our finances, our, our, our wages, etc., like that, to uh, to giving to specific things in this church that we can actually help to uh, do some stuff in and around the life of Infused Church. So I'm just going to launch into prayer uh, for the message, and then uh, I'll. Uh, launch the message itself. So Father, I just thank you for this morning. Thank you that breakthroughs are happening left, right and centre. I thank you that you cannot be contained and neither can we, Lord. We break out in praise. We break out in worship. We break out, Lord God, on the left and the right. We break out in our love for people around about us. We break out into different realms and expressions of being able to uh, see your love and your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness, your life and your light being shared with shared and uh, with everybody that we come into uh, to meeting with and bumping into. Lord, I pray that the, the constant thing that people would be asking us is what's different about you? What, what, what is so... What's happened in your life? What's, what's changed? There's something different about you. I pray that that is seen more and more and that is articulated more and more. So, Father, as I deliver this message this morning, I pray, Holy Spirit, you plant this word into the hearts of your people. And I thank you that uh, this is a generous church. It's a church that continually sows. It continually believes for great things. It gets behind what you're doing in our community. And I thank you for that in the wonderful name of Jesus this morning. Amen. Um, this, the title of my message this morning is, is something you'll be completely blown away by, but it's called Arise in Giving. Arise in Giving. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1. Uh, completely, uh, you didn't expect that, did you? Really, it was just, you thought, my goodness, I've never heard that before. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises Upon you. This is something that God gave me at the start of this year. It was the word that I felt like God laid on my heart, and I've been uh, outworking that and, and explaining that, preaching on that, encouraging us all that I believe that this is a year to arise. It's not a year to be contained. It's not a year to back off. It's not a year to, to just burrow in and just hide. It's a time to arise. The people of God can arise in this season where everything else is coming against us, where things are happening in and around about us that are trying to, to, to put us down, to try to put a cloud over our lives, to, to stop the sunlight shining out of our lives. I believe that this is a year that God by His Spirit is calling us, you and me, to arise. And I just encourage you to, to continue to believe that we can arise today. It's about activating our connections, ramping up our worship, investing our gifts. It's about stretching our faith and engaging with our communities. And you can catch a lot of those messages on our YouTube channel, so just check them out. Uh, I would encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way you get all the information that comes up with a notification to say that this new message has been posted up on that space so that you can be encouraged, you can hear the message again and again and you can see me dig holes that I dig myself into each and every message so you can have another good laugh at my expense I have absolutely no problem with that so just encourage you to lean into those messages this morning 
I want to talk about uh, arising in our giving. And this comes out of the eye of arise. It's where we are investing our gifts, that God has given us the gifts. He's given us the ability to, to gain wealth, to, inc- uh, to increase wealth in our lives. And this is where we are saying to us as a church, it's time to arise and we're going to give, uh, uh, invest our gifts. Uh, and, and primarily, this morning's message comes out of the book of Philippians. And uh, the book of Philippians was written for a couple of reasons. Number one, it was an expression of joy. If you read the book of Ephesians, it's an expression of joy. Uh, The Christian life is to be filled with joy, and Paul expressed joy in Philippians. It's also an expression of thanks. The Christian life, I believe, is, is marked by being generous. And so the offering that the Philippians gave to Paul supported his ministry, and Paul was saying, thank you, to those people for that gift that was given to him. So let's have a little read in in, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 15 to 19. I'm just going to just unpack uh, uh, this this particular passage for us today. So this is Philippians chapter 4, verses 15 to 19. It says, Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. And just, just hold, hold, hold the, the, the fort here for a minute. Just want to say, Lord, I pray for Dean this morning as he speaks in the African church down in Adelaide. Father, uh, as he's in another church, he's another part of the body of Christ, I pray that you'd use him powerfully to speak a word in season that the people would be encouraged and lifted up in the name of Jesus. He's the gift to the body of Christ, and I pray that you use him powerfully in Jesus' name today. So uh, it says that... uh, 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 Even when I was with you in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I've received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Verse 19 says, and. Everyone say, and. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. In this passage is one of the greatest promises in the Bible that we can ever read. It's it's, it's an all-encompassing, almost uh, every promise can fit under this umbrella. It's, it's in Philippians 4 verse 9 and it says, And, everyone say and. And, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. See, God promises, I'll meet your needs. I will take care of you. It's an incredible promise. It's something that we can, we can walk out in our lives. It's something that we can own. It's something that we can take and say, that's a promise that God has made to me. So the question might be then, so why do we still have needs? Why aren't the needs that we have being met? Well, the answer to this question is quite simple. That many of God's promises, they are conditional. 
there's a condition attached to the promise. With many of them, it's, it's like if you, God says, if you will do this, then I will do this. There's a, a part, there's a condition that we have to fulfill in the promise, first of all, before God comes through and, and supplies what it is that the second half of that promise is about. As an example, Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. An incredible promise, but it comes with an attachment of a condition. There's a condition that we need to meet before the fulfillment of the promise. What is the condition? Well, God promises salvation, but only to those who confess and believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a conditional promise that we have. Some conditions are clearly seen, such as that one there. We get salvation when we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. So some others, though, they're not quite as clear. There's, there's, you just got to look for it and just start to see it. So Philippians 4, Paul praises these people, the Philippian church, for their generosity. They were generous. They helped to spread the gospel, and Paul commends them for their giving. And he says to them in verse 19, And, and my God. So there's a, there's a, a condition that happens before this. He says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I'm going to say that to you until you're, I'm blue in the face. Okay, you need to hear this, this promise to your life this morning. There's something the Spirit of God is wanting to, to plant in your spirits today. And it's the fact that God wants to supply your needs by Christ in, in, in Christ Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? So open up your hearts, open up your ears and let the, the seed of God's Word penetrate into your heart. Let it be planted there because I believe that you're going to start to see the outworking of God's rich supply in your life today. From this moment forward, you might be seeing it already. I believe that it exponentially grows in your life. So Paul says in the preceding verses to this particular verse, he's talking about that, uh, the, the gift that had been given. And then he talks about God meeting all of their needs, linking these two things, that there's this generous thing that happens before this verse, and then God says, and I'm going to, uh, may my God supply all your need. So there's this word in the middle, it's and, and. It's a powerful word because it links the previous to the present of what God's going to do. So Paul's saying, in essence, this, because you were generous, because you were generous, God will be generous to you. There's, there's, there's these people who were generous before, and then, God, and then Paul says to them, and my God shall supply, and. So there's this, there's this, uh, this, this what's the right word? Um, don't worry about it, we'll just go on. Just, there's a word in there that you're going to catch up in the Spirit. It's just going to flow out to you because the Spirit of God can convey that to you. There's this link. There's this idea. There's this, this sense that God uh, is going to uh, be generous to these people because they were generous. They, they opened up their hearts uh, in, in giving. So there's, the, uh, there's this condition and there's a promise. So let's look at this a little bit here. Let's look at the condition that comes before the promise is fulfilled. So the condition is that we must be generous. That's the condition. 
for us to see that God supplies all our need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, there is a condition. What's the condition? We've got to be generous. Proverbs 11.25 says, The generous will prosper. The generous will prosper. Think about this for a minute. That in your giving away, you get more. In your being generous, you actually prosper. It may not be in finances, because I want to tell you that your, your spirit, your life, your outlook on, on life, your mental health, it will get better and go into greater levels of, of wholeness as you are generous. Because you're giving away, you're helping to meet the needs of other people. You're, you're doing something significant with what you have. You are opening up your life. It goes on to say that those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So this is a, a sowing and a reaping. Do you see that this morning? As we refresh others, we ourselves shall be refreshed. There's something that happens. What Jesus, you know, he's, he's at the woman, uh, with the woman at the well. And the guys come back and, uh, and like Jesus has had this great big talk with this woman and some great things have happened, prophecy, and he's revealed himself as the son of God. And, and this woman has been absolutely gobsmacked at what's happening. And, and the guys come back and they said, look, you know, he, he, he's tired. Let's, he, do you want something to eat, Jesus? He said, no, I've, I've, I've had food that you know not of. What was it? He'd been refreshing someone else. And he has already been, he'd been refreshed in himself because he was outworking his purpose in life. And our purpose as Christians is to be generous, is to be like Jesus in, in being generous. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 says, Let each one of us, uh, as he purposes in his heart, not, let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly and of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, there's many translations on that cheerful bit. Outrageously, hilariously cheerful in the giving. You get the idea that, you know, it's not like a, you're just off your rocker giving. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, yeah, we get, you, know, you get what I'm saying, all right? This is one of those times you can rewind in the YouTube video. <laughs> it could be a meme. So that then in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus said, Jesus said, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. When we are generous to others, God is going to be generous with us. It's the principle of sowing and reaping. And if we want to reap, we've got to sow first. It's a condition. You don't get to eat off the tree unless the tree's been planted. You don't get to eat the wheat unless you're planted. You, you don't get to, to, to be encouraged Unless you've encouraged. You don't get to be loved unless you've loved. You're hearing what I'm saying? It's not about just getting fruit to, to put on the table. This, this applies to every area of our lives. If we are generous, God will be generous with us. We will reap what we sow. And I want to say that this is a generous church. 
Uh, we, we've seen uh, many, many times the level of giving in this church has absolutely blown us. It's, it's humbled us to think of the level of generous people that are in this church. And I'm not saying that just because this is Heart for House Sunday. That is our conviction as your pastors that you are a generous and generous people uh, in this church. So young people, I want to speak to some young people this morning. You know, I know that you're in a season of learning at school and in life. And my greatest prayer for you would be that you also learn how to be generous in this season as well. It's not all about what you can get in life, but it's about how much God can get through you as you open up your heart and you're generous with your friends, you're generous with your schoolmates, you're generous with your teachers, you're generous with your parents, you're generous with your family. You're actually generous with your brother and your sister. Oh, yes, they can play with your toys. Yes, they can play on the PlayStation ahead of you. And now if it's an Xbox, I'm okay with them just being selfish with that. That's all right. <laughs> Paul is praising the Philippians for their generosity. And then he says this in verse 19. You may not have heard this yet. It says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Paul gives us actually three reasons for being generous. Number one, giving is an encouragement. Paul tells the Philippian church that they helped him in a time of need. Verse 14 of Philippians 4 says, I don't mean that your help didn't mean a lot to me. It did. It was a beautiful thing that you came alongside me in my troubles. In other words, that gift, as they came alongside of him, it was encouragement too. The Philippian church wasn't, uh, wasn't wealthy, yet they were big-hearted and they were generous. Paul said that their gift encouraged him. It helped him. And when we give, both the giver and the receiver get a blessing. Both are encouraged by the giving. So here's two results of, of, uh, of giving. Number one, giving enables us to be part of something that is much bigger than ourselves. Because Philippians chapter 1, verses 4 to 6 says, Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners. Everyone say partners. That wasn't everybody. Everybody say partners. partners. Excellent. Well done. I needed to hear you through the, the, the cloth of the face mask and just didn't want that to stop. So if you, you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finished, finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Paul is saying you've been my partners in ministry. They supported him financially. And whatever we are uh, support par uh, uh, and partner together with, you know, we, we, that's what we're doing as well. We're, we're coming alongside of them and encouraging them in that moment. Not all of us can go to the mission field, but we can support people who do. And giving allows us to be involved in something that's much bigger than ourselves. As a church, we want to support and get behind the work of Bridges for Peace. We want to get behind the work of Haggai Institute. We want to get behind the work of ACCI in, uh, in uh, uh, the ACC movement. We want to get behind these ministries. We want to get behind the various things that we're going to be launching after the service. We're going to have an information session about uh, our community pantry and, and going forward and having a community care arm of the church. 
The second, sorry, second thing that we, we see uh, is a benefit is giving makes us become more like Christ. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. The most Christ-like thing that we can do is to give just like Jesus. And Heart for the House is about encouragement to families with kids, that we value children here. One of the things we want to do with the Heart for the House is to get some decent play equipment out there, not just for the kids in the church, but for the kids who come to the church from the community as well. As a part of the Nature Play Group, we want to see the kids who come to that be able to explore and have fun on the children's equipment out there. We want the people that come to the community garden for their children to be a part of that and out there enjoying that. We want that to be a place where kids are recognised and valued for who they are. The second thing that Paul says is, uh, is that when we give is that giving is an investment. Giving is an investment. When the Philippian church gave, uh, gave Paul said in verse 15 of, of chapter 4, No church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but you only. In your Bibles you probably need to highlight giving and receiving. Because when we give, we receive a blessing from God. It's a heavenly investment. It's a heavenly investment. And God pays attention to our giving. There's a very famous story of Jesus when he uh, was walking in the earth and he is in the temple uh, in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 to 44. It tells us that Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple. Did you know that? Uh, people very uh, unsettled, uncertain, uh, not sure about this particular... Jesus watched what happened around the offering box. Je Jesus watched what was going on. It, it says, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts... But then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all of the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything that she had to live on. God pays attention to what we do. He sees everything. A cup of cold water given in the name of Jesus is written down. God takes notice of it. And every time that we are generous with our family, with our church, with our friends, with unbelievers, with people in our community, with anybody, it says God sees it all. He notices it. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 18 to 19 says, Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they'll be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they'll experience true life. When we give, we are investing in heaven. There is a treasure that's being stored up where moth and rust and decay can't get to that, but it's something that is protected by God and cherished by God as we give to God. 
God keeps track of what we give. It's an investment into a heavenly future. And that's what Heart for the House is as well. It's an investment in our community because we care about our community. We are putting together this whole thing about our community care arm to be able to do this. And we need to launch this and get some things ready. And we're making an investment in heaven by investing in our community and doing things to be able to help people, no matter where they come from, what they look like, what they smell like. That's what we want to do. It's an investment in our community. Our community has got to see that the church is not here after our money, but we want to sow our money into the community. Does that make sense this morning? Thirdly, giving is a sacrifice. Philippians chapter 4, verse 18, Paul said, Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full. Having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Can I tell you that for some here today, and I heard what Christiane said during worship, but your breakthrough is going to come through a sacrifice. Now, your sacrifice might be different for the person that's sitting next to you, but it's still a sacrifice. Your sacrifice might be different from my sacrifice, and my sacrifice might be different from your sacrifice. But sacrifice actually opens up the door for the supernatural to occur. Because if you think about it, Elijah, when he goes up against the prophets of Baal in the Old Testament, it was in a time of drought You read it. It was a severe drought in that day. And God moves upon Elijah's heart in such a way that Elijah, when he's constructing the altar, it's going to be burnt up for God. And then the the Baals, they do whatever they're going to do. And they, they, they try to do whatever it is. And God, their God doesn't show up at all. But to make it harder for Elijah, Elijah, in a time of severe drought, does something absolutely outrageous. He fills a trench around the altar that is to be where the burnt offering is to be to be placed, and in that trench around there, he pours water. He wants to to make it as hard as possible. There was sacrifice in that offering. And God came through and there was a great victory won that day. And for some here today, you're going to give yourself, give your way out of trouble. You're going to give your way into a divine appointment. You're going to give your way into a a, a powerful breakthrough in God. I'm not going to tell you what that sacrifice is going to be. You need to determine in your own heart what that sacrificial giving is if you want to be a part of this. Again, I'm asking you, I'm not saying that everyone has to be a part of what we're doing here uh, with the heart for the house. I'm asking you and relying on your ability to hear from God to do what you feel God is asking you to do. But for some of us, it's going to come in a sacrifice. The most pleasing thing that we can do for God is to give sacrificially. Jesus was a totally sacrificial giver. So when we're most like Christ, we are sacrificial in our giving. A sacrificial giver is a worshipper. They they view giving as an act of worship. God loves it when we give as an act of worship. 
In Matthew chapter 10, verse 42, it says, Whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. See, every act of generosity in our life can be done as a sacrifice to God. See, heart for the house is about a sacrifice. That's why we want to open up the way for people to come into the church because some of us, you're thinking, why on earth do we have to give towards a car park? You're thinking, what an incredible way. No, it's a sacrifice. We want to make sure that people come in here and it's a safe place for people to come so that they don't trip over a hole or a crack in the car park because we want people to experience a great, incredible joy and freedom not to, to have band-aids put over their knees as they, they hit the deck. So that's why for some of you think it's, it's just bizarre that we give to a car. No, it's, it's actually it's a first impression that we want to make with our community to, to be able to do something that, that just blesses our community and it speaks to, to the community of our heart. So any time that we have a spirit of generosity is an encouragement to others. It's an investment in etern- into eternity and it's uh, a sacrifice that's pleasing to God. And that's why Paul said it's so important to become a giver. We've looked at the condition. Now let's look at the promise. There's the condition and now the promise. God promises to supply all of our needs when we meet the condition. He says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. So the source, the supply, God is the source. God is not a force. He's a person who we can have a personal relationship with. Paul calls God my God. He had a personal relationship with God and so can we. Many of us here today have a personal relationship with God. Jesus told us that when we pray, we should pray saying, Our Father. See, God is a caring Father who cares for His children. He assumes responsibility for His children's needs. He's the source of having all of our needs met. Then we look at the scope of the promise. The scope is that all. It says, it doesn't say that God might meet some of our needs. He meets all of our needs. So if you're a person that is, you know, you're generous in heart, you're meeting the conditions, one of the things that I believe that we can say to God is, God, you said that you would supply all of my needs. All of them. Not some of them, not a few not a couple, but Lord, you said, and I'm going to stand on your promise, Father, that this is something you said that you would supply all of my needs. Not my wants, but my needs. James 4.3 says when we pray for things, you don't get them because you want them for the wrong reason, for your own pleasure. Now, is God against us having pleasure? No, not at all. But there's a, an attitude. There's something on the inside that we need to be doing something with God, for, for God in what we're doing. It's something about our needs. It says, uh, the Bible doesn't say that God shall supply all of my greeds. It should be all of my needs. So what God has promised to cover uh, all our needs It covers all of our physical needs, our health needs, our relational needs, our emotional needs. And the supply, the supply of this promise is in Christ Jesus. It says that uh, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. How wealthy is God? You ever asked that question? Have you ever sort of like said, oh, I really wonder... Well, have you ever checked out his pavers in the streets? They're gold. 
God is rich beyond imagination with unlimited resources and an inexhaustible supply. Do you know why? Because he speaks it into being. If God created the heavens and the earth with a word, what is it that you need? What is it that you need? Because the supply is in Christ. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 8 says, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you'll always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. That's powerful. That's powerful. The principle is this, that if God can get it through you, he will get it to you. Because it's not about how much we retain for ourselves, it's about how much we release to others as we receive it. If we're cheerfully generous, then we'll always have everything we need and plenty left over to share with others. Not only will your needs be met, but God will use you to meet the needs of other people around about. That's the sort of believer and, and Christian that I want to be. That's the sort of person that I want to be. That people can recognize that the blessing of God is upon our lives. That, we, that people recognize that. You, know, you, you go and see that church. You go and see those people. They are incredibly generous. <clears throat> and that's the, the principle that's all through Scripture, that giving guarantees God's provision. We're going to come right now to a time of receiving a heart for the house offering. And again, I want to reiterate this with you, that this is only if you feel that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you to contribute to this offering. <clears throat> I don't want you to feel any pressure or any guilt associated with this at all. In fact, if you do feel that, my encouragement to you would be this. Don't give. Do not give if you feel that this morning. Hear my heart. This is not about coercion or anything of that nature. This is about us as a people of God just trusting in our ability to hear from God to do what he speaks to us to do. So... This offering is about sowing into the next generation through our kids' play equipment. It's about reaching out to our community through community care and community pantry. It's about welcoming people to a place that loves God and people, about our car park beautification that we want to do and go through. If you're giving online today or throughout this week or over the next couple of weeks, if you want to do that, that's fine. If you're giving online or perhaps maybe you're using an, uh, uh, a My Giving envelope here, these envelopes uh, our hosts will have available for you. There's a tear-off slip in there, but there's a little box that you can tick to say Heart for the House. Make sure that you put either Heart for the House or H4TH 
on the comments on your online stuff so that we know that this is going into this particular offering. But uh, just want to say thank you for contributing to our Heart for the House this morning. It's something that we feel God has called us to do at the start of this year, and today is the, uh, the opportunity for us to do that. So I'm just going to uh, ask you if you would like to be a part of that. Uh, Naomi's got the, uh, the box that you can put your offering in if you'd like to. Uh, for those who've come prepared today, Jane and I have. Um, so we're going to give that into there. If anyone else would like to do that, you're more than welcome to do that as well. So um, now is your opportunity to do that. <clears throat> and then we're going to pray. Come on, Lily. Good girl. <clears throat> well done. Well done, Lily. Good girl. It's not easy to give, is it? No. I'm going to uh, just pray now. Thank you. Skinny, you're a legend. Love the work you're doing with all the island people, mate. Absolutely brilliant. Well done out in the Riverland. Tikini's actually doing some amazing work up in the Riverland and throughout that region with uh, some of the island folk, uh, Fijians and um, Torres Strait Islanders and stuff like that. It's just doing amazing work and it's the support that he's giving the folks up there is just amazing. So if you, if you have any sort of a heart in that area, talk to Tikini about how you can support him in prayer because uh, it'd be just amazing. I'm sure that he'd, he'd love the prayer support uh, in any way. But like, let's just, should we stand? Heavenly Father, I just thank you this morning. Number one, that you have so freely and liberally given to us Jesus Christ. That his sacrifice was for us. And that because of his sacrifice, because he gave his life, we today can live. We can live in the fullness of the promises of God. And I thank you that today... For people who have given physically here today, but also those who give financially online as well. I pray that they would reap the blessing of God, that you would supply all of their needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. I thank you that you supply every one of their needs 
And I pray, Father, that there are generations of children that will benefit as a result of today's giving. I pray that there are people in our community, families that can make ends meet because of the giving today. I pray that there are people that uh, see the first impression that we want to make as a church uh, in safety, uh, the beautification of our, our car park, that it would last for years and years to come. I pray that you'd bless and encourage your people as they've generously given in whatever form. And I thank you for that in the name of Jesus today. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Just while every head's bowed and every eye's closed, I just want to give people an opportunity to receive Christ as your Lord and Saviour. This is why we exist as a church. We haven't gone to heaven yet because we need to win people to Jesus. And uh, I, I maybe don't know everybody here where you are in the journey of faith today, but I want to give everybody an opportunity. Jesus gave his life for us that we might live for him. And I just want to uh, just ask you if there's people here you want to confess with your mouth because you believe in your heart that Jesus has risen from the dead, that you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior this morning. Is there anybody who just feels that you want to open up your heart to him this morning? You just want to say yes to Jesus this morning. Is there anybody here? Just put your hand up nice and tall because I'd love to pray for you this morning. Is there anybody here this morning? Maybe online as you're watching this. Is there anybody at all? Okay. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for what you've spoken to us today. I thank you that... Uh, lives will be different. There's a, a whole fresh understanding about sowing and reaping, about the benefits of it and what you do in and through us as we do that. And I just thank you for you touching every single family here today, that they would be blessed in every way possible. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name today. Amen, amen, and amen.